There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean... <laughs> Um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Sitting to my left is Aaron Sorensen. Sitting to my right is a very special guest that doesn't really need a ton of introduction. He was the Nebraska Cornhusker. Now he's a Dallas Cowboy. Luke Gifford, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad you're here. So, not to negative recruit Nebraska right off the bat, but the, the climates that you're living in, or that you have been living in over the last two years, are yeah. two very different places. Like, who has more <laughs> likable weather for you, Nebraska or Texas? You know, I don't want to. I don't want to just jump on the Texas bandwagon uh, quite yet. It's pretty hot down there, so. And it's hot here, but... Was it just snowing there recently? It, and it was just snowing. So, you know, you can get a little bit of everything. But, yeah, I'm definitely missing the, the 50s and 60s right about now. That's for sure. Yeah, because it's... I mean, it's we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and it's snowing, and it's slushy, and it's cold, and yeah. it's bad. Yep, it's not like yeah, that there. I drove I that. from Lincoln... Or drove from Lincoln. I drove from Lincoln to Lincoln. I drove from <laughs> Omaha to Lincoln, and that was not enjoyable. No, that's not fun. My fiancé lived in Oklahoma last year when Nebraska had, like, the coldest winter winter ever and she kept hearing about it for me because I was constantly complaining about because we had that stretch of like it didn't get above yeah. zero for like a week it and a half rough, or something like that yeah and she comes here and there's no snow and she's like man people told me that Nebraska was going to be bad this isn't that bad and I was like you jinxed it so yeah. now you get to wait for it exactly and of course this weekend when it's doing this she's leaving she's gone she's That's leaving. the way it works so Luke we have you here I'm excited to talk to you about um uh, a number of different topics. Yeah. The first thing is just your life has changed a little bit over the last year. Like, what what has this last year been like for you? You go from mm-hmm. a senior at Nebraska, then you go through the draft process, and now you're a Dallas Cowboy. And yep. um, there's been some some injury stuff. You don't have to talk specifics about yeah. that if you don't want to. But just what has the last year been like for you? Um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I think in some ways pretty similar to my college career. Just a lot of ups and downs and um, challenges, but it's been awesome. You know, just it's been a long year just with the the draft process and then OTAs and mini camp and straight into training camp. And a lot of people say that your rookie year is the one that you got to make it through. You make it through that, then you can stick around for a while, you know, but it's been awesome. It's been a blessing to end up in Dallas. I think that was about the best place I really could have gone, you know, especially not going undrafted. I think I ended up in a great place, so I've been really happy with where I'm at, and it's been a good year. Was there anything that you thought you knew about the NFL, maybe schedule types of guys you'd go up against day in and day out that that you thought you knew, and then you get there, and you're like, oh, this is not what I expected? Yeah, you know, I think it's always one of those deals where, you know, I remember in OTAs and minicamp, and you don't have pads on, and so everyone's kind of more on an equal playing field, you know, and then you get to training camp, the pads go on, and people are hitting, and it's like, all right, this is... This is a real deal. This is what you expect from the NFL, you know. So, um, but no, it's 
once you get past that, those first couple of hits and, and plays and practice, you're you're fine. But yeah, it's definitely eye opening for sure. Any fun rookie stories that you have? Oh man, I got a boatload of them. I've I've been hazed so many times. I know you said boatload. I thought you said buttload for a second. <laughs> Both work. But anyway, uh, anyways, so you've been hazed. <laughs> yes, I have been hazed. Um, during training camp, we all had to stand up on a chair, um, say our name and signing bonus, and then we had to sing. And and this is like in front of the oh, whole Cowboys organization. I remember you, you guys like tweeting about this. Yeah, it was, it was terrifying, especially because I cannot sing at all, you know. But I got up there and sang my heart out and got some claps, so um, that went well. But yeah, there's plenty of rookie hazing going on around what, there. What was your song? Oh, I did a lot of them. Um, I did some Zach Brown. I did Brooks and Dunn. I did. Um, I did Ring of Fire. That was special request from Sean Lee. I guess he makes one of the rookie linebackers sing that every year. So I kind of got hosed because I did well the first night, and then everybody else was doing terrible. So they called me up like every night if people were doing bad. So I had to be the closer, oh, which wow. was just not good. And trust me, it's not because I can sing well, but uh, it was pretty funny. So guess. like other dudes are doing it one time and then being done, and you keep getting called back to do it again. So I think everybody probably went two or three times. I probably went like five or six, just because. They they always called on me. Sean was calling my name every night. So, um, but yeah, it, it was fun. But to be fair, you sort of have a really good attitude towards stuff like that. And you were you were like that here too, though. Like yeah. you're always like willing to take one for the team if you have to. Yeah, I uh, I would honestly honestly I would study like song lyrics probably more than I was studying my playbook for a few days there. We won't tell Frost that. <laughs> well, yeah, Unless don't, he's an don't avid tell them that. But, oh my gosh, yeah, I was I was messing up some plays in practice because I was studying my lyrics and not my playbook, but. Oh, that's right. See, oh, I thought you meant like just in general. Like, so oh. the, re- the reason I said that is because I always have this thing that I know where I'm like, a song will come on the radio, and it's an old song, and I'm like, I remember every lyric, every yeah. word to it, but I can't remember a thing I learned about statistics right. when I was in college. Yep. So I'm like, so I, that's what I was, thought you meant is that like oh, your no. whole life you just know lyrics. No, more, no, but, no. No. That's why I was like, don't tell Frost. Don't get, don't get him in trouble now. Like, <laughs> no, we're going to get you in trouble. I'm just it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> so, like, when you're at Nebraska, when you walk around anywhere, like, people see you and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're a Cornhusker. They know your name. They know that you you are, you know, so-and-so. This happens right. with everybody. It, did you get that as a rookie with the Cowboys? Like, are, are the fans there kind of similar in the sense that they know even the rookies like did yeah. they, did, did, did you have that moment um yeah a few times um it honestly happened a lot more after training camp when we had first came back just because that's when I was kind of making my move you mm-hmm. know so I was in the news a lot more um and then there's a lot of Nebraska fans down there too so the Nebraska fans always recognize me but for the most part it wasn't it wasn't really like that for me I'd go places with like Leighton Van Der Esch and some of the other linebackers and it would be like you know they're swarming, but um, no, it, it's not. It's not quite like it is here in Nebraska for me. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so I was at a, a women's game um, a couple weeks ago, and a couple members of the volleyball team walk in, and, mm-hmm. and it was um, like Nicklin Hames, and um, she was with Callie Schwarzenbach and, and a couple other girls, and um, they're sitting there, and all of these young fans are coming up to Nicklin and asking for pictures and autographs, and you can see. Um, Callie and then a couple of the girls that she's with just sitting there being completely ignored. Was yeah. that you with Leighton? That that's pretty much me. Yes. Yeah. Which 
They would like, because the place we went to dinner every Thursday night uh, before games was right by the star by our, our facilities. So, like, word would get out that Layton would be there. And there'd be kids, like, they wouldn't, they never knew which restaurant he was at, but they knew he was down there. So they'd be checking restaurants all night. And, like, every once in a while, there'd be, like, a group of 10 kids that come in and they're like, Vanderash, is that you? It's like, yeah, it's me, you know? <laughs> so he'd take pictures and sign stuff, but it was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's uh, funny. So for the record, like, Obviously, I, I love football. I wouldn't have this job if I didn't. Yeah. But I also really, really love cheerleading. So, like, the new show on Netflix, Cheer. Oh, if you yeah. guys haven't watched it, please do. I haven't yet. But I live for Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders <laughs> making the team every year. And so I know the star because that's where yeah. they practice as well. Yep. And so it's like I have this whole visualization of the building because of that show. Yeah, you're, you probably got it. I assume you watched, like, the Making the Team Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders that's what I'm talking about. show. Mm-hmm. That was like, how long has that thing been on? Oh, like 20 years? Yeah, I watched that with old. my mom. Yeah, it's been I'm on. Not ashamed I, to I think say it's that. been on since I was like in middle school or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, this is, this is the weirdest part for me is there have been people that I have met as an adult that were on that show trying oh, out really? for the team and doing stuff. And Nebraska does have actually a cheerleader um, from. She's on the, and it was weird watching mm-hmm. her, but it's like weird now when I meet people and I'm like, oh, you're famous to me because I watched you on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. That's cool. So, the, I want to transition into talking about your more brother. More cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> no, about your brother, Isaac, accepted a blue shirt to come play at Nebraska um, in the, the next issue of Hale Varsity that people should be getting soon. It, um, it just Aaron, got tweeted out, so it's out in the world as okay. we speak. Cool. Aaron, you have a Q&A with Isaac, um, so I'll kind of let you take the reins here, but the, the, the place I want to start... Um, Aaron asked your brother about kind of, does he feel any pressure because of his last name? Mm -hmm. And he said to the effect of like, I am Luke Gifford's brother and and it will always be that way, but we are, um, different people in what ways? Yeah, man, we really are just kind of polar opposites. Um, I don't know. Like he's, he's a really hardworking dude. He worked harder than probably anyone I've ever seen work in high school and I was you know I worked hard but I just was tall and athletic and kind of just didn't I never really had to work as hard as he did you know he's shorter and had to work on his frame and all that um so from that standpoint just his work ethic not that I didn't work hard but his work ethic is like an elite level like you don't see that very often and then he's he's just a grinder he's super type a I'm kind of more laid back you know and go with the flow, but he is all about going all the time, you know, and, and which I think is good for him and, and the situation that he's in, you know, going in there and he's going to go in with his hair on fire and work hard and that'll be no problem for him. So that was actually the cool thing. Cause obviously I've known you a long time. And so yeah. it's, it's, it's always interesting when a younger brother comes into the program mm-hmm. because it's like, obviously they don't have the relationship with me that like I know of like right. an older sibling, but it was cool for him to talk about you, and he he understands sort of the the footsteps he's right. he's kind of stepping into. Um, but it feels like he's really like you were saying. It feels like he's also really set on wanting to trail like blaze his own trail. Yeah. Like he really kind of wants to find where that fits for him. So I guess like you kind of explained a little bit of the similarities and differences, but 
from your perspective, what can Nebraska expect from him outside of, you know, you said he's a hard worker, but right. like what when they're when they go up to him at fan day and they're expecting Luke Gifford, yeah. what should what should Nebraska fans, I guess, expect out of Isaac? He'll be very friendly, um, but he's he's got a mean streak in him. What you see on the field will be a lot different than than talking to him and interacting with him, I think. Um yeah, he's a, he's a good kid, but, yeah, he's a whole different guy once he steps on the field. So, on the field, it'll be a, I mean, he's physical. He's probably as physical as you can get out of a high school kid. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a good kid. Uh, but what what you see and what you um, interact with will be a lot different, I think. And he's a middle child, right? Uh, yes. Because you have a younger brother. Yes. Yeah, so, we, yeah, I have a younger brother and a younger sister, too. Okay. So, yeah. well, so they're kind, kind of, of – he's yeah. the middle brother. Yes. We'll, we'll give that – so yeah. does he like exa- like have like middle brother traits a little bit? Because those are usually the forgotten children a little bit. Yeah. The ones in the middle. Uh, I don't know. He's I can't really forget about him. He he's uh <laughs> I don't know. No, not not as much maybe. But yeah, he's he's got a mean streak in him for sure. Do you <laughs> wish that you could have had time? I know like you, you guys would have never technically played in high school together right. or at, at college yeah. because of the age difference. Do you ever wish like you could have been a little bit closer to have that opportunity? Yeah, sometimes I do. Um, it's I don't know. I think it's also probably good for him to just experience experience it by himself, you know, and, and get to do that um, his own way a little bit. But it definitely, like, I think of uh, Gerald and Trey Foster mm-hmm. and how they got to experience it. And I think that would have been pretty cool, too. Those two were oh, yeah. something else oh, when they yeah. were together. Yeah. The, like, the bickering. So oh. it's interesting for people who don't know. Um, and, like, you can go back through our archives. Actually, I think it's online now. Um, it is. <clears throat> so people can just go look up your guys' names on our website. But we we did a – Jacob Padilla wrote a story mm-hmm. on you and Isaac and your younger yeah. brother about how you were all captains on your respective football yeah. teams at the time. But we I did a story on Trey and um, – um, Gerald. Gerald, thanks. I wanted to call him what – what, what do people call him? Uh, he has another – Oh, um – you know what I'm talking DJ? about? DJ. Yeah. Thank you. I almost went down the DJ route. Sorry. Yeah, right. um, so I did a story on the two of them, and interviewing them together was one of the most entertaining things I've ever done in my life. Because what I did is I got them in a room together, and we were in the press box, and I just sent my recorder down between them. And I'm like, here's the deal. We're just going to talk, <laughs> and I'm going to every so often, if like things lag, I'll throw a question out there. Right. I've never seen two people just like... consistently try to one-up the other person over and over and over. And I get to the end of the whole thing, and I'm like, what do I even do with you two? (laughs) Yeah, that's dangerous to do with them two. They could go for hours. But you know, like, I mean, you were a captain with um, Gerald as well, so you know them very well. Oh, yeah, I know them super well. Yeah, so I always thought it would be fun to have have that relationship with Isaac. But it is what it is, you know. I I got to, to live it through them and see how that was, but... Yeah, he'll he'll have his own experience, and that'll be great. And you get to live it through him still now. Yeah. So, because we exactly. talked about that, you probably won't be able to come to too many of his games right. because hopefully for you, hopefully, your career yeah. continues. Um, so yeah. how like how do you will you just obviously watch on TV or how do you expect yeah. it like this fall to kind of like? Yeah, I don't know. That's something that's. I'll just have to kind of feel out, you know. I've already texted him, like, every other day, how'd workouts go today? And he's like, dude, they're fine. I lifted weights, you know. Like, <laughs> quit texting me. Um, so from that standpoint, I'll always be anxious and, and wondering what's going on. But, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll probably just kind of let him do his own thing. I was kind of the same way just this past year, you know, with him at Southeast and going through the whole recruiting thing. Like, I had always 
give him some help and advice if he wanted it. But he's the type of kid that'll figure it out by himself and and be fine, you know. So it'll be interesting, I guess, to see see kind of how that goes. But I hope I can make it back for some games every once in a while. I did say I think one of the coolest things will be hopefully the day he is on the field or even on the sideline, but just mm-hmm. physically in Memorial Stadium with a Nebraska uniform on, and they do the former Huskers in the NFL, yeah. and you are up there, and he's, I was like, that has to be kind of like yeah. a crazy thing to think about. And it's hard, mm. because in these Q&As, you know, people learn a little bit about him, but you don't get to hear their voice. Right. If I can like tell people who are listening to this podcast, it was a cool moment for me, because it was really organic. I kind of was watching the time. I'm like, all right, we got to wrap this up. But I was like, hey, maybe this will be something that happens for you. And yeah. to hear his pause and kind of have this moment of like, yeah, like yeah. I know, like that would be pretty, like it is, right. that's pretty cool to think about. Yeah. You could tell in that moment how much it meant for him that that would be something that he would be able to share with you yeah. in kind of this different, unique way. Right. So yeah. it's it's hard because you don't get to hear that in a Q&A, but mm-hmm. it clearly meant quite a big it meant quite a bit to right. him. That's pretty cool. That's something, and again, that's something that a lot of families and siblings don't get to experience together, you know. So there's a lot of things that we've been blessed with um, through playing in Nebraska and being able to play at that level, you know. So I think everyone, like our whole family has really just kind of soaked up the last, my five years, you know, and then hopefully the next five years for him too. So it's been really cool. I think... Because Gifford is going to be on the back of his jersey and he'll be, he's coming in as a defensive back, I right. think there's going to be a natural tendency for people to say, well, maybe move him down to linebacker yeah. and see what happens. What do you think about that? Um, you know, I, I kind of had mixed feelings because a lot of places actually recruited him as a like outside linebacker mm-hmm. or even inside. And I know for a while they were thinking the same thing uh, Nebraska was. So I think he could do it. He definitely could do it. Um, he'd never be like... 240 or whatever like I am you know but he could I think he could get to 225 230 and do it at a pretty high level he could do what Jojo's doing right he's kind of similar to Jojo mm-hmm. in his body and the way that he plays and they're both pretty explosive and physical so I think yeah I think eventually you could see him in that kind of role but I don't know I think safety's probably a pretty good spot for him too yeah that's kind of a nice transition mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about Nebraska because mm-hmm. you have I asked you before, and you've played you've for gotten, Nebraska. You have played for Nebraska, <laughs> but you also got to watch a little bit of them yeah. last year, or, or a good deal of them last year. Um, let's start with the outside linebackers. We'll get into it, more of a general conversation about the yeah. defense. JoJo is a guy that I have no idea what to to think of or right. like how to place because, like, right. you have Caleb Tanner, who is kind of their prototypical like what Chenander wants right. from that outside linebacker spot. And he's mm-hmm. he's kind of trying to put all the pieces together, but then you're going to have JoJo, who's a senior. Yeah. who, when he was on the field last year for Nebraska, he was a playmaker yep. in, like, every sense of the word. And yeah. he wasn't out there a ton, but um, when he was, he made plays. Like, right. When you watch him and then when you watch kind of that outside linebacker position in Shenander's defense and you played it, yeah. like, where do you see him fitting and, like, what do you think he, like, could do as a senior? Right. You know, I think I think JoJo's probably the – the one guy that could really take that position to like a pretty high level, you know, he's like when he's playing well and and on it, he they're they're pretty dang good. It's really a whole defense when he's playing well. I mean, I think back to when he started playing uh, my senior year and he's making plays against Ohio State and they're later down the stretch. Yeah, coming off the edge, right? With strip sack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when he's doing things like that, the defense is so much better. Um, and I think for him, I think honestly, it's just consistency. And always, because it's hard. I mean, it's a long season. 
was probably his first year that he's really been. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know how healthy he was all year. I'm assuming he was playing, so he's healthy. But I mean, I don't know that he's played a full season like that, you know. And and a full season in the Big Ten is no joke. So I think honestly, going into his senior year, he's he'll be ready to roll, and and I think he could really take another big step and take that position, which is vital to this defense and really make a big leap. How do you assess kind of the linebacker group, what you saw last season uh, on the whole and kind of Mm -hmm. what Nebraska has going forward into this season? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of good things, but there's also stuff that's, you know, I think anytime you're, you only get a year or two in a defense, it's hard to really make big strides, you know, and I, and I know that they're trying to do some new stuff and it wasn't all the stuff that only the stuff we were running uh, my senior year. So that's always hard, you know, putting in new things and, and doing new things. But this is the third year now of being in the scheme. Um, And obviously like Will and Colin, most likely they'll probably be the starters, you know, and they're, I think they're really good players and they did some really good things last year. Um, so I'm excited for those guys. And then, you know, whatever you get at outside backers, it's kind of hard to say who will start or who will play a lot. But, you know, I think Garrett, Garrett could be really good. He's going to be really good. He's young, but he's, we all know Garrett. He plays with his hair on fire and he's going to be physical and passionate and all that stuff. So you know what you're getting with him. And so I think they have some of the guys to do it. Um, but again, it's just putting it all together and making it actually happen. Garrett is a guy that I think surprised people. Like, I don't think anybody yeah. expected him to be a dude. Because, like, last year he was, like, I, I, I wonder if maybe the plan initially was to just redshirt him and get him in four games right. and get him that experience like with some of the other guys. And then he became, like, a like a vital reserve yeah. off the bench because he was just has so much. Like, he sprints off the field at halftime. Oh, yeah. He doesn't yeah. Sprints back no. onto the field after the out of the locker room. Yep. Like, and he became kind of like this... Like, he was a reserve, and they had Ace starting, and then they had right. kind of JoJo and, and Caleb switching back and forth. But he yeah. was like a guy that was like a key part of that defense, and I wonder if maybe they weren't expecting that right away. Because yeah. he played too much to redshirt. Right. And I'm curious. I really like Blaze Gunnarsson. Yeah. I think he has a chance to be like a similar kind of like... I agree. He could come in right away with with maybe not um, crazy high expectations, especially with with the injury that he had last year, and, right. and be kind of that Garrett role where he just like there's like we gotta play this guy, we just can't take him off the field because yeah. he's been you know he's been doing stuff. Right. For us. I think the thing I get from Garrett and that actually goes back to the story in the yearbook that you did with the captains from that first year at Frost is it feels like Garrett is everything that Frost yeah. wants in a player. Because no I think the thing that was always so difficult, but you guys sort of hit on this, like you, that group of captains, especially you, Mick, and Gerald, not saying yeah. Stanley's not, because Stanley's right. his own dude, but like right. it's almost like it, it was – It's the thing that I think people have been grasping at and what Frost has been grasping at is that intangible right. of like how do you create a team of Garrett Nelsons. Right. I think the thing is you won't – you can't have a team of Garrett's, no. but you got to harness the Garrett's you do have exactly. to benefit other people. Yep. And I think that probably is where like everyone knew what he was, but I don't think people really realized, even the staff, until mm-hmm. you put him in the environment, he kind of feels like a lightning rod. Oh, yeah. It feels like as he gets better, he's going to make a lot of people around him yep. better. I totally agree. You, you could even tell. I mean, just like he starts playing, and you could tell he'd make one play, and then it was like, oh, like, makes two more you know and it's just 
getting comfortable and then bringing everything else that he already has, his intangibles, and it's like the dude could make a ton of plays at his time here in Nebraska, and I and I would bet that he does, you know. But that you're right, that's the exact type of guy that Coach Frost wants and needs. And really, that's what Nebraska is, right? I mean, if we're looking back to the 90s and all the, the national championships and stuff like that, that's the t- kind of guys that we had. So, and obviously it's not easy to find those, but um, you, like you said, you got to harness the ones that you have and, and use them. But it sounds like to a degree, though, and I would argue you you were like this a little bit because your brother, you were talking about how your brother is mm-hmm. like that, how yeah. he's very, very nice off the field, but the second he gets on, he, something flips. Right. I would say you are a bit like that as well. Yeah. And so I think that's a good thing. It's like Garrett's the nicest person in the world off the field. You're talking to him, you're right. like, it's like, <clears throat> but I would never want to be on the other side, opposite side of a line from no. him. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> it, that was something I had to learn, though, too. You know, mm-hmm. I was not, that's pro- probably part of the reason I didn't play really until I was older was because I really hadn't learned how to flip that switch. My dad always used to say, you're way too nice. You're just mm-hmm. way too nice. Like, when are you going to learn that you got to flip the switch? And I don't know what it was, but I finally kind of got to that point where I understood that and I started doing it. But, yeah, so everybody's kind of got to find their way and how they can do that. I think it'll be really interesting with Garrett this year because he has – like, it doesn't feel like he ever flips the switch off. No. Um, There's no switch and it's him. And it, well, it is funny because, you know, he comes... There's just varying levels of it. Right, right. He the gets on, on the field, yeah. and you see, like, okay, Garrett Nelson is in. But it's like, the offensive coordinator on the other side sees it, too. He's like, all right, we're going to call a read option right at <laughs> yeah, Garrett. Yeah, And he, he crashes the ball carrier right. and takes himself out of the play. And it's like, whenever he can figure out the the balance between slowing that down yep. so that he can see that stuff coming and then just just playing the way Chinano wants him to play which is hair on fire go yep. seek and destroy the ball carrier like, right I think he's got a chance to be really really special I think so too I totally agree totally agree so what does it take um, you kind of just touched on it what, what what does it take to play? right away is it just that kind of intangible thing of just going out and not having that fear of failure and just going and making plays like or is it is there something else that kind of a guy needs to be able to come in right away be it an early enrollee or or a summer arrival and play in his first year I think physically you have to be a little bit different you know like developed and and not all guys are like that but depending on the position and and Really, just your mentality. I think I don't think a lot of like I know when I first came in, I didn't really understand what it was going to be like. I remember that first couple practices, I was like, "Oh my lord!" Like this is not this is on a different level, you know. And even almost more so, I feel like I feel like the jump from college to the NFL was probably lesser than it was from high school to really college. That's just interesting. Be, just because you know, I felt like I had played against the majority of guy, the guys that I was playing with in Dallas or, you know, against them. So I didn't really think that the jump was that crazy, but but from high school to college, it was like I had, especially playing here in Nebraska, I didn't see any of that. You know, there was like 10 of us that could have played play college, D1. So I think it's obviously different for the kids that are from Florida and Texas and all that, but, like, from the standpoint of the playbook and physically and mentally, there's just so many different things that have to – it really – I feel like it needs to be the perfect storm for someone to be able to actually go out there and play or start a game at a position as a freshman. Yeah. And I think the other big thing is being here in the spring. If you get here in the spring and you go through a spring ball, that really makes a big difference, I feel like. But, you know, there's always guys that will come in in the summer and, and be able to do it, but just not nearly as many. 
Yeah, and it's always so, in, and it'll be interesting to watch some of these guys in the, because obviously we think about the players who did, who were able to play right away. Think of a Wandale Robinson. Right. Um, and it, I always think sometimes, it's always interesting though when guys get on the field right away is potentially going into their sophomore seasons if they'll see any kind of a dip because you kind right. of come in with your hair on fire yeah. as a freshman and then as you sort of like settle into your game, sometimes things can shift. You yep. start to overthink things. You're now thinking a little bit more you know, about the yeah. scheme, about everything else versus just kind of like, I'm going to go out and do whatever. Right. Um, so it is interesting too because I think there's almost like a, se- a second jump where you have kids who come in and they can make an impact early, but then it's like what is that – shift from that first season that second season right. look like then for them yeah and so for me i'm going to be interested to watch some of those i like garrett i will be yeah. very interested to see what his jump looks like from year one to year two because i think you're right i think a big piece is, is he's got to start figuring a lot of those like extras out and not just like yeah. hey i'm really good right because the i'm really good is surprising yeah. The first year you do it, mm-hmm. but then you got to start piecing everything else together too. Yeah. It's also such a, I feel like it's such a fine line to walk because you don't want to make them start thinking too much. Right. right. You don't want to be like, because okay, yeah. then, because then, you what know, happens you get, is what can happen to a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Adrian is a perfect situation. There was just like a maybe sensory overload a little right. bit at times, thinking like, there's, okay, there's, there's too much. Yeah. Just try to maybe get tunnel vision a little bit. Yeah. This is um, kind of minutiae, but it's interesting to me. So Tony Tuioti comes in this past offseason, and, and he had um, he had a history of uh, or experience coaching outside linebackers when yeah. he was at Cal. Um, but he comes in to replace <clears throat> Mike Dawson on the defensive line, mm-hmm. and now Mike Dawson is yeah. back to coach outside linebackers. Yeah. When you were here, he was coaching the defensive line. Yeah. Was there any kind of carryover or overlap? Like, was there anything that you guys ever did with Dawson on the on the yeah. D-line? Um, a little bit, you know, a lot of times when we would do like seven on seven, um, and the D line and some of the outside backers would do one on ones with the O line, he would be out there watching us do one on ones and coach DeWitt would be in doing the seven on seven. So we actually did get some carryover and some work in with coach Dawson. So I think, I mean, for the guys that are here, they're pretty familiar with coach Dawson and it's the way he coaches and the things he teaches. So that's, that should be actually really nice, but it is kind of weird how that all worked out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's good that he's back. I'm excited for him to be back. He's a fun personality too, and I and I like I really liked Dewitt as well. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I'll say about Dawson when he was at Nebraska, and I don't know how you guys maybe felt not being in his room. Yeah. But he always felt like the just the easiest person to talk to. Like if you asked him a question, he was going to give it a very thoughtful answer. Yeah. Um, and he was going to be very like very specific in how he presented the information, and no yeah. question ever felt you know too little or too right. big he just seemed really like yeah i don't know to be fair when we did our food issue the first food issue ever i did and i took <laughs> the i went and asked coaches for their recipes like their favorite thing they cook yeah. he was the first one to respond and he, he gave me two. Oh, there you go <laughs> he's a very new england based oh human. yeah like yeah, he is a lot of a lot of seafood yeah. a lot of like yeah, yeah very cool. much a new england guy <laughs> that'll be fun for me yeah because um Garrett, at, you know, the, the reason I think about it is because they have, they have two guys that can coach both spots, which right. I, I think it might open up a little bit of versatility or yeah. flexibility for, for Chenander to do yeah. some things. And the, the thing that made me think of it was last year, um, Garrett would work with Tuioti in the defensive line in warm-ups. Yeah. And I asked Dewitt about it, and he was like, I mean, like, 
you tried getting the kid to sit still. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He doesn't sit still before games, <laughs> yeah. so we're like, all right, go out there yeah, and go, go with the D-line. Yeah. So, well, I, I will just say there's – I don't know how much with your schedule, how much you heard, but there is a whole ordeal about hoodies – this yeah, year and about I how did. like did you hear about this? I heard, oh yeah, I okay. read it all. Yeah. Um, Thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I'm listen. I'm wearing a hoodie out there, and You're I don't wearing care. a hoodie right now. And I'm gonna. I'll still be the same guy on the field. So I don't know. I but I mean, my senior year wasn't it the receivers that would go out there with no shirts on the and like backs? Yeah. I have I didn't video make of Stanley Morgan and I think was Demorne still around? For Frost's Maybe. first year? Oh, no. It was Stanley and no. it was somebody else that were out there. And I think it was um, I think it was the Northwestern game, and they're out there shirtless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the thing, I think, got taken out of, like, out of maybe context of what yeah. Frost meant is I think sometimes Frost says things and does not realize, like, people are going to take him incredibly liberal. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he more meant, like, I don't want guys to, like, go out there. Like, we when we were at Minnesota, I understood what he was saying. Like, Minnesota's players are, like, not – there's some guys in hoodies. Right. But, like, they're, they're trotting out there and, like, some in tank tops, whatever. I think he was just more meaning, like, I don't want their mentality to be on I'm cold. Right. I want it to be on I'm just going out to do my job. Yeah. However I need to go out there to do my job is fine. But I just, that should not be where my mindset yeah. is. Is like, I'm cold, I need to put a hoodie on. Yeah, I agree. But when we were at Maryland, and Maryland was cold, I just, like, to the point of, like, Garrett just worked, like, going with the defensive line, I had gotten to myself to the end zone, not intentionally, and he comes sprinting down, leading the defensive line. I mean, like like a mama duck leading like all of like the ducklings behind. And he is just all into it. But he's got that crop top oh, on. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's hiked his shorts up about as much as you can. And he is just like screaming and like whatever. And I will just never forget Darian Daniels looking and being like, this is the most insane human I've ever seen. <laughs> And Darian is like not like he's got a long sleeve on. Right. And he's just like, what is wrong with yeah. this guy? Yeah, yeah. I think everybody kind of had that moment with Garrett. <laughs> Nothing surprises you that Garrett does anymore. <laughs> I know that. That's for sure. <laughs> I just want him to wreak some havoc on some Big Ten deep, uh, me, offenses. Me like, too. He just needs to like shake some things up a little bit. Yeah, he will. It'll be fun. <clears throat> We've talked a lot about Garrett. Is there anybody else on the defense that you're excited to watch? Um, or just the team? Yeah. Aside from your brother. I, yeah. Well, he's got a lot of work to do, so. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not, I guess no one specifically. I'm just really excited to see like what the next step is going to look like. You know, I think last year was hard because this is kind of what I like when people ask me my take on the season and all that, I kind of just, I felt like, you know, there was a lot of guys that had to be new leaders last year. Like our class kind of had been the leaders for two, three years, you know? And so when you lose a class like that, and really, you know, we were four and eight or whatever we were, but we were way more talented than a four and eight football team. And it was pretty obvious once we figured out the culture and leadership and all that stuff, we made the flip really fast. And I think a lot of people just expected that to, like, we were going to take off from where we left off. Mm-hmm. But there were still a lot of things that needed to be fixed with, or not fixed, but figured out with that, that next class. And who was going to lead, you know? And not that those guys hadn't led before, but they hadn't been in that position like we had. So 
Well, because to what you're saying, it almost not saying that the season would have been significantly different. You know, like no. everything is always everything is always within the context of what right. it could be. But you, are, I think that was the one thing I took away from like your yearbook story because <clears throat> I I worried. I'm like, I don't want people to think like these guys didn't lead it to a place. I think you did, but you guys had seen this team through a lot of right. change and you had led it through a lot of adversity. Yep. It almost feels like if you guys had been here one more year, that transition may not have been so stark right. between the leadership. It yeah. does feel like it was a very much like, we got it on the right path, but like now we're gone, so somebody's right. going to have to pick it up and take it from 100%. here. That takes a little bit of time for people to it kind does. of... I, it does. I think Mo was a good guy to have, and I think that yeah. I think that right there speaks a lot to why a guy like Darian Daniels was able to come in yeah. and, and fill that kind of captain yeah. role right away. One thing that I that that I have been thinking a lot about, I think it wasn't. Um, I don't think we gave it enough credit before the season started. I didn't personally give it enough credit before the season started. And I think it was overlooked was how much Nebraska missed Gerald yeah. on the offensive line yeah. last year. Um, mm-hmm. Him and him and Tanner Farmer on the interior, like it. Brendan and Matt at the tackle spots, it just feels different when you have a senior, yeah. um, a captain at an interior position on 100%. the offensive line. Like, like I, I think agree. I don't think Gerald was given enough credit or maybe Kind of just take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a great like, way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. It's And that's even like Gerald said, like, this year, you know, and everybody's kind of talking about it and the, the line or whatever, you know, in general. And Gerald's just like, you know – those are good guys. Those, the guys that are playing now are pretty good players, but they haven't been in that position. They and he was like, people took us. He he says a lot of things, but he's like, I mean, me and Farmer were no slouches, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and and it's easy to just say, well, they've been starting for two or three years. It's time to get someone else in there. You know, we need some young guys that are that play at a high level. Well, they play at a much higher level than you think they do. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I totally agree. Well, and not to, not to, you know, I really like what Trent Hickson did last year. Not to pick on him, but like to go from a senior captain, Gerald Foster, to what was a walk on starting for the first time. Like the drop off, you could see it. And Trent can be a really good player. He's just got some growth to Mm -hmm. be made, you know, so it's not anything against him. But yeah, you're right. It's the difference between a sophomore and a senior. He's playing his first Big Ten games, and it's, yeah, it's not easy. It's a growing process for sure. I do have a kind of tough question for you. Well, I don't know if it's tough. I feel like it might be. But (laughs) it's an interesting thing when we're talking about this. just this idea of the leadership and then like going from a senior to a sophomore. Mm -hmm. I'm curious for your perspective on this because I've heard it before. Do you think as this is like building up, building to where it needs to be, do you ever think that there might be a little bit to the idea that like Nebraska just also needs to learn how to win again? Because the one thing I always feel, especially for your class is Nebraska hasn't been a, into hasn't been to a bowl game in yeah. three years, and people like to compare Central Florida and Nebraska to each other. But the thing was, is the seniors of that undefeated Central Florida team had also gone to a really really good bowl game yeah. in their time at Central I think Florida. It was like a, a Sugar Bowl. It was a, a sugar like it yeah. was it was it wasn't like they had just been zero right. and twelve for years and years and years. Like yeah. they had had success, and then they had this little blip, yep. and then Frost built it back up. It feels like this is a very different thing where Nebraska was sort of kind of on this like downward slope. Yeah. And it is that like is that completely oh, unfair agree. to say that sometimes no. the mental aspect of like it just doesn't 
a team just yeah. doesn't know how to win at the moment. Yeah, hundred percent. I always felt that way. I like there's. I remember thinking during the Colorado game that this year, this year, the way they that we lost that game, there was no other reason mm-hmm. but the mental side of it. That's it. There's no. I mean, we were better than them. Physically, we had played better. We were, I mean, what was it, seventeen to nothing or whatever? You don't have to qualify it. They I were, mean, they were a better team in college. It wasn't. This year. Yeah, yeah, it was not really even close, and especially at that time. You know, well, were, and you think about you look at Colorado the last two. Like Colorado made so much out of that game, and right. then two years in a row they beat Nebraska right. and then lose like six of the exactly. seven games. Like, yeah. So I totally, I totally agree. That's definitely a part of it, and it's just one of those things that's not. It's not easy to fix, mm-hmm. like you said. None of those guys have really ever experienced a, a big bowl game or a conference championship or anything like that. So it's it's different than UCF where they had already had experienced that and knew what it took to get there. You yeah. Know? They just had a little blip that right. changed things. And then, like – and that's not to, like, discredit anything no. the staff did there. But no. it is a different – I do think that this is a different beast because I remember talking to Drew Brown at the end of his senior season, and his big thing was – I just don't think people understand. Like, it's so mentally exhausting because we feel we're better. We know we're better because I I hate using this line, but because everyone raked him over the coals for it. But you remember when Mike Riley made the comment, everything's great but the games? And everyone's like, oh my gosh. But to a degree, it's like, it's what I think he meant in hindsight was we're working out really, like, the players are talented they're working out there's good rapport people don't hate each other but Mm -hmm. like for whatever reason we can't get over that mental hump right in the game and i don't think he said it that way yeah but if he had it might have gone over a little bit better but that's how it always felt like drew was explaining it It was like i'm mentally exhausted because we're so much better than this and i think it's just going to take nebraska and i think guys like garrett nelson and your Mm -hmm. brother will be a factor in that yeah. because it's like they just need to realize how much better they are than they sometimes allow themselves to yeah. play in games. I totally agree. It's come. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I was really curious after the season ended what Frost was going to sell on the recruiting trail mm-hmm. and, and if and if that was, if, you know, back-to-back four and eight years was going to have or where it was five and seven this yeah. year, if that was going to have any kind of impact on the recruiting trail and then it didn't. So yeah. Another top 25 class and, yep. and I wrote a column after that that said Frost's um, recruiting class was the I told you so moment yeah. that it's it's still everybody that um, whose opinion matters yeah. they still see Nebraska on the right path so right. it's coming I think yep. it's coming so and I do too. think it, I give your I give you guys a ton of credit you <clears throat> you Mick Gerald and Stanley I do think you you four as captains I don't think like someday a book should be written about that senior <laughs> class because I don't feel like really the un- like people understand. Some of you were recruited by an entirely different right. coach, played for di- like, I mean, it's just it's. It was a crazy five years. That yes, is for sure. You it's, you lived a very interesting. Went through it all. <laughs> Everything you could possibly go through in college football, we went through it. Coaches, injuries. I mean, just losing games, winning some games. Because when we were, I mean, I guess when we were young, we, there was a couple times there with, uh, what was it, what year was that? 2016, where it was 7-0 to start yeah, the season. Yeah, and we were ranked, what, ninth or whatever, mm-hmm. and then a couple bad losses, obviously. But, but yeah, so we just, we've seen it all. Yeah. Just don't put Ohio State on the schedule and it'll be fine. Yeah, we'll just get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they got a great stadium. I do like do. going there. It's a cool place to play. For it sure. is. When you're, when it's not. 50 to 3, but... <laughs> I will, 
we will, like I said, someday a book needs to be written about the last so many years because one of my favorite moments, because he's okay, because Tommy mm. is okay now, I can say, yeah. in hindsight, when that all started happening and I just closed my computer and they have a McDonald's like McFlurry bar <laughs> in their press box and I was like, I'm going to go live there now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'd have been right behind you. You were so excited about that when we went. Oh, that's pretty cool. Minnesota yeah. has a dilly bar station. Oh. Um, I think it was Illinois had a cold brew coffee spout. No, oh, no, no, wow. no, no. It was. Well, who was it? Wasn't it just that? no. You're right. It was Illinois, but it wasn't just cold brew. It was the uh, nitro cold brew. That's right. Oh. We the press emptied that. <laughs> we thing get pampered up there yeah. very like, quickly. Sounds like it. Photo- like uh, so. We're talking like a, a, a late November game, mid November <laughs> game. Like our photographers are down there, like. Freezing. wrapping up their hands yeah. and stuffing them into gloves and like trying not to you know yeah. lose any fingers or toes <laughs> and we're up in the press box and like a sweater drinking cold brew that doesn't sound too bad watching so, football no hey maybe, maybe when the day comes after a very long career maybe you can oh. move into an analyst role or maybe. something like that there you go. maybe that'd be pretty sweet luke we've taken up um too much of your time i'm sure you've oh, got no, stuff I'd... that you got to do um, next January, we'll bring you back and we'll talk about a that sounds good a Pro Bowl year that Shoot. you've had with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's so, just start off injury free. We'll go injury that. free. Yeah. Well, knock on wood. Best best of luck in this this next season. Thank you. Um, it's nice to to have you back around. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course, appreciate it. So it's been fun being here. Cool. We will be back next week with another podcast. Get the magazine. It's coming to mailboxes if you subscribe. Um, Aaron's Q&A with Luke's brother is in the magazine. It's very good. We have a, a couple of other things in the magazine as well. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. Thanks, guys.